Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. Big brass ending that nobody wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, fellow rockers, to the Get Behind Fanny podcast, where we'll dive headfirst into the world of 70s rock band Fanny. I'm your host, Byron Wilkinson. Joining me on these wild audio ventures is none other than drummer Alice DeBuer and the daughter of Fanny manager Roy Silver, Dr. Kristen Hilaire Glasgow. Hello to the both of you. Hey, Byron. Hello, everyone. Hi, Byron. Hi, Alice. (laughs) (laughs) This is our social time of the podcast. (laughs) Greetings. Yes. How's the weather? I don't give a shit. (laughs) Exactly. Everybody at home's like, yeah, get on yeah, with it. Yeah, move on. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> My dad would say, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, real quick, I did reference her, you know, kind of a little bit at the uh, there uh, at the last podcast, and I did want to follow up real quick uh, on that because I did have a thought after the podcast. I'm famous for having thoughts afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not quick on my feet. But anyway, uh, I want to hmm. talk a little bit more about Charity Ball real quick. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that. Um, if Charity Ball, if the you guys have been had released it, you know the group today, with uh, the story of the of original lyrics, you know, being rather obscene. Oh, the, the X-rated um, lyrics. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That this would have been all over social media. It would have been picked up, you know. And um, it's once and I mean this is pure gold for for you know because and everybody would have caught on to it. It would have been like, oh hey, did you hear these lyrics? Aha, uh-huh. you know. And it catches on with teenagers one way or another, but. It would have been one more, it would have been promotional gold. And just, I'm going to say real quick, this is just one of the many failures that your record company and your manager and other things did. I won't blame anyone in particular, but it's just, they, they missed these opportunities because, you know, they were looking at you as a, you know, novelty act, you know, type of thing uh, originally. Well, and, you know, obviously you weren't, you know, type of thing. So it's just, it was a, they, I know it'd been harder in that time to put out that type of a story. But well, it could but, have been put but, out. But also, mm-hmm. Byron, they probably didn't know about that story. I was just going to say, I can right. tell you for sure I, that my father did not know the backstory yeah. to that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, then, and he well, would have absolutely then, ran with oh. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are you well, kidding? Then, yes. Then, poop, then, then Alice, bad on you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell I anybody was... that I used that language back in those days. Are you kidding me? Also, you know, nerdy historian here. I believe yeah. it was still illegal at the time to curse out loud. On the radio. On the radio. Oh, on the radio, yeah. yes. Oh, I'm, oh, it still is. I mean, it's FCC, you know, all that. But there have been a way to get that out there that they're, you know, because they, they hinted to these things right. back then. I mean, you know, and they and they love this type of stuff. You know, it, it would have gone it would have gone pretty far and it, it would have gotten a little more of attention to the band, you know, type of thing into the song and all that. But I'm just saying it's just one more thing, you know. But yeah, yeah, it should have. I, I, so, I hear you that it would have mm-hmm. been a good tool for oh, uh, yeah. publicity. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. one yeah, of well, a couple of things. Uh, one of our followers on Twitter, Quiet Mia, who loves our our podcast, she put it out there that somebody needs to redo this with the original lyrics because now <laughs> you can. <laughs> oh yeah, you can put it out. Hey, yeah. Portobello Express. Hey, Francesca. Yeah, Happy Betty. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and also, our friend Fanny Fan Nigel Langridge had a great point about Byron. What you're saying, and again, mm-hmm. it the the marketing people and the record company 
company, I'm sure didn't know about this, but also because of the lyrics being so nasty for like, um, that you again, pioneering is all an all female <laughs> punk band. It's very punk of you to have, you know, given the giant middle finger <laughs> to the big man. Well, I feel oh, like I have a whole new cachet. You do. Oh, yeah. I'm a punk rocker. You're a punker. <laughs> well, before, speaking before of... we knew what punk was. Exactly. <laughs> Pre-punk. Po- you know, oh, proto-punk. Yeah. Proto- Ooh, I like that. Proto-punk. proto-punk. Oh, there, there you go. Hashtag there proto-punk. There you go. So speaking of proto-punk, yes. <laughs> we are focusing today on Fanny's French footage on YouTube. Because the way all of you are playing, especially your drums, Alice, but all of you, let me not even single you out as a band. Thank you. This is such an incredible, tight performance of the two songs of Badge and Young and Dumb by Ike and Tina Turner that I, I just, we had to devote some time to it. So let's start off with the interviewer that, who was French, Pierre Leteux, who was on Rock and Stock, and his introduction of you and how it goes right into Badge. Bonsoir, voici un nouveau numéro de Rock en Stock et puisque le mois dernier, enfin il y a, oui c'est le mois dernier, il n'y a pas de doute, je vous avais promis Monts et Merveilles, mais les Monts et les Merveilles vont arriver, ce sont deux groupes américains, mais deux groupes américains assez particuliers puisqu'ils sont entièrement composés de jeunes femmes, ce sont les deux seuls qui existent au monde, les deux seuls qui sont venus nous rendre visite à Paris. Il y en a un peut-être que vous connaissez, le plus connu des deux c'est Fanny, June is playing her Les Paul on this, and her sound is just on the verge of a real hard rock, almost heavy metal sound. I don't know if she's using any overdrive pedals or not, or just simply has her amp cranked to 11. Well, I actually was fortunate enough to get to talk to both she and Jean again this week, and here's what she said about her pedals on Badge. The thing to remember about Badge is that I was playing when I wanted to, which was mostly in the solo sections, through a Hammond Leslie speaker. And we actually lugged that around from gig to gig. It was tough for the guys, you know, for the roadies. It had an incredible sound. And when I pushed it in, it played along with my other amp, which in that case are amps. Because, you know, I was fooling around a lot. So I'm pretty sure I had one of those big Fender amps, but it could have been chained to another amp. I know my sound was pretty big. Here's the thing. During the solo, I could also cause it to spin faster. So that would give me yet another sound. And that was unique. I don't know why more people didn't do that because you could just get a Leslie speaker and, and, you know, hot wire it or whatever you do to a car. It's kind of the same thing. And uh, hook that up. The hardest part actually was carrying it around. So that's my secret weapon on badge. And Leslie speakers. I agree with her. I don't know why more people didn't use them. They're they're phenomenal things. And for those who don't know, they they rotate. They were rotating speakers, and they give you that wham, wham, wham sound, oh, wow. kind of like a. Um, and they were used uh, mostly in organs. Uh, I, uh, in fact, I know uh, Nikki had a, a couple Leslie speakers in her uh, Hammond setup. Yeah. And all that, but yeah, you could use them for anything. And yeah, you just kind of plug them in line, you know, type of thing. So she probably at this point, excuse me, she's getting like a wall of sound. She's got several different amps back there, I guess, probably, or excuse me, sets of speakers or whatever. Right. Running along. Yeah. But anyway. 
the and the the reason that that were one of the reasons I wanted to talk about the French footage is because the the sound isn't as great as say the Beat Club, but mm. I love my drumming on this, and I have to, I don't mm. like usually pat myself on the back, <laughs> but I was really kicking ass on both of those songs, yeah, and it just, it reminds me that I really was a good drummer, you know I don't get that from the Beat Club as much because we weren't in front of an audience. It was just in a studio mm. here. There is an audience, although they were sitting on the floor. There wasn't any stage. The sound is just loud and crazy and it's really raucous. But I remember it being in a, uh, I thought, it, I, I always thought it was an art college where they re, uh, filmed us mm-hmm. or either, a, either an art college or a big, huge sound stage. But above us was this dome. And the sound just sucked up into the dome. <laughs> I said, where'd the sound go? Where'd it go? Yeah. It just goes, goes up, yeah. But just, the energy, you can't beat it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it, again, proto-punk. It's a proto-punk performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just hard rock. That's just hard rock. Yeah, well, you, there yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so anyway, but um, so you think... Uh, was June using a pedal then because, uh, or something on that or not? Uh, I, I, I tried to watch the footage and look at her feet. Mm-hmm. And when, when it's face on uh, mm-hmm. camera shot, the monitors in the way, there are a couple mm-hmm. of spaced uh, shots where it's, they're shooting from jeans to June and you can look down and see Jean June's feet and mm-hmm. it's dark, but it mm-hmm. looks like there could be a pedal. I also mm-hmm. don't see a Leslie behind her unless they were able to wire her into Nikki's Leslie that we did carry with us. I don't remember us carrying two, but I know we had at least one. Um, Mm. So I can't tell whether it's a pedal or the Leslie speaker uh, for the young and dumb solo. Well, it's interesting because that's actually been a question from a bunch of the Fanny fans out there about her pedal use. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was one of the questions I asked her this week. So let's listen to what she had to say on that. In terms of pedals, I just don't really remember uh, a pedal. I might have had a pedal. But in respect to this particular show, I know that the sound check was a horror show. They could not contain us. You know, some some technicians could take our sound and go, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, man, this sounds really great. Let's, you know, whatever, capture it, whatever. And they were having all sorts of problems. Just accessing the sound with microphones or mixing it, or they were just in a total funk. They couldn't figure it out. So I think it was their wiring. But what happened with us was that, you know, every five, 10 minutes where they were saying they were having such a hard time, our energy would dissipate. And then it wasn't done. You know, we weren't ready. The equipment wasn't ready. And they go, oh, we got to start, we got to start. So, yeah, so we got going with the way that Fanny did, which is bam, you know. And, but my sound, I couldn't hear myself. And I could see Jean, I could hear her singing and playing. I, I, I could hear the rest of the band, but I couldn't hear me. And I remember I'm on the other side of the stage. So finally, it crashes in. <laughs> and I don't know if that's reflected in this, uh, you know, recording. There have been in years past when it first came out, you could hear it come in. And I just have this surly look on my face because I was so pissed off that they were messing with my sound. You know, it's like, you know, you're ready to go out to a ball and you 
can't get your gown on. You know what I'm saying? It was, I felt naked. And you you still have to perform anyway. I mean, Jean's looking at me, she's smiling, she's singing her ass off, you know. Everyone's playing and doing their thing. So I just had to keep going. So that's my actual background story. I remember that specifically. That, that sound check was as bad as the Carnegie Hall, where they finally got it together, but you could never get a band like ours to sound great in Carnegie Hall. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, the Carnegie Hall, we opened for Quicksilver and Messenger. Oh, wow. And yeah, and they should never have had rock and roll in Carnegie Hall. I mean, it's a symphony hall. The acoustics oh, yeah. are perfect for strings and whatever. And here you've got two loud rock and roll bands, and the sound was awful. So the, the two gigs that I remember were, uh, well, in hindsight, it's the French footage, but the sound that is you know clear in my mind carnegie hall was was horrible but the french footage um i was just we were just rocking i was just playing i didn't know that june was having a problem hmm. Hmm. yeah well when i spoke to june and jean this week both of them said that they didn't necessarily remember the recording because the memory of setting up was so awful <laughs> for lack of a better so all of you were having very similar memories there here at this setup, it was a disaster. That's really traumatic, I have to say. I mean, I don't know how many people out there have been in a band when the stuff's not together. There's some major part that's not connected or you can't hear it or whatever, and you have to get going anyway, and you have to pretend like everything's fine. Well, in my I case, I didn't pretend so well. I, I feel like I was <laughs> Go ahead, Jean. If that was your recollection, I can't believe we pulled it off as well as we did. I can tell you, June, I've watched that footage my whole life. I was actually there when it was being filmed mm -hmm. as a little tiny mm -hmm. Kristen. And mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever, ever, ever noticed any kind of hostility, anger on your face. You were just rocking, really. Oh, so you pulled it thank off. Thank you. Okay, that that I am totally relieved. Thank you. And you were <laughs> just welcome. a tyke. What were you, five? Five, basically. Probably. Yeah, no, yeah. not that. <laughs> Bad just sounded great to me. You know, the vocals are all together. Well, you, yeah, we did it regardless. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what Fanny did all the time. We had to play better. We had to sound better. We had to sing better. We had to look like we were enjoying it. And, you know, of course we enjoyed doing it because we played. But let me tell you, I was in agony. You know, it was so hard to pull that off. I mean, well, by the time we got to Young and Dumb, there it was. I mean, you know, that and the very high uh, uh, feedback was pretty awesome. <laughs> awesome so you're, say, say. you're saying that by the time we got to Young and Dumb, you felt like we had sound dialed in. They had yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I could hear my guitar. Something happened yeah. where you just couldn't hear the guitar, and all of a sudden it just, you know, got knocked in. So it was halfway through Badge that, that I got my sound. But you guys were doing it no matter what. You were going to play with or without the guitar. You know what I'm saying? And there was really something laudable about that.
great. I love that transition so much. Alice, is that something you yeah. did specifically for this footage or when you were on tour or did you always do it? I, I, I whenever this song, these song, we probably did these two songs on the set list together always. And it's, I think every band in the world has at least one or two songs where they end one song and they're immediately right. It flows right into the next song. You know, I don't yeah. think there's anything special yeah. about it. We did not do it for this show. It was just what we put together for the live show. Well, it really does flow. It's incredible. And and I spoke. Yeah. I also spoke to Jean about this. Maybe Jean can speak to this, but the transition between Badge, Young and, and Dumb, uh, yeah, the I Can Teeny Turner Turner song. I mean, we had that worked out. That was, you know, that that wasn't even a thing, was it, Jean? No, just, it was just one of the transitions we figured out uh, for our stage performance. You know, yeah. so I don't think. It, we didn't do it especially for the show. And then um, Young and Dumb, what would amaze me about that song is that, you know, people are saying, well, was I try, trying to, to look or sound like Janis Joplin or mm. was it Tina Turner? It, frankly, it wasn't either of them. I was just trying to do my best to do the best Gene Milne's imitation <laughs> I could. I thought the vocal was really rather I was surprised at the vocals because that was um, one of the things that I was always so insecure about in, was the vocals that, that in Fanny and what I was singing. I didn't mm -hmm. think I could, you know, I could, uh, we call vamp as well as a lot of mm -hmm. the singers. But so I was impressed that it came off. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I love your vocals yeah. on that. Yeah. Yes. I was so surprised that, that it sounded as good as it did. I'm glad that it sounded as good as it did, considering I didn't remember it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to hear her, uh, well, one, hear her laugh, yeah. and two, um, talk about her insecurities, uh, because artists, all artists face this. And uh, as a cartoonist, I face it all the time. And uh, so, and ever so often, though, you do something, you go, hey, that wasn't half bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad to hear her say that because, yeah, it's because it, I love her singing and her playing Thank and all that. Too. So it's interesting to hear that she was like, oh, you know, having insecurities about it. So that, yeah, you know, her vocal, that does, her, I can relate. Her vocals on that song are really, really strong. They are. They're I was powerful. just going to say they're oh, strong. Yeah. They're, oh, they're powerful. Yeah. 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 They really. And um, I think what, uh, I'll, for the technical people out there, um, June's uh, monitor mix wasn't very good um, right you know she but uh, but if you because if you hear but they did do something because when they go into young and dumb she's she is louder she is so somebody on the mixer board woke up you know yeah <laughs> and because you can definitely hear her better and obviously went oh we should put it through to the mix too you know to the monitor mix so you know well she said yeah, it, otherwise you can't hear yourself yeah, yeah she said it came came back halfway through batch Oh, through mm -hmm. band. Oh, yeah, okay. but okay. but okay. her her guitar I think sounds really good. It, it's it's definitely a much better mix when we're into Young and Dumb. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. and on yeah. that uh, on that lead for Young and Dumb, where she uses the wah wah pedal or the Leslie mm -hmm. speaker, don't know which mm -hmm. it was, which it is. <laughs> um, it still it has that, you know, that great june experimenting playing around but it's a good lead it's a good lead it's, it's also not overkill lead. with the wawa pedal she does it so right. tastefully well let's hear what she had to say on her wawa pedal you know that came on the scene and uh, Jimi hendrix used one so i thought well heck i can get behind that you know because anything Jimi hendrix did <laughs> was something i wanted to emulate in any way that i could 
so yeah, so I was plugged into the Wawa. And again, I don't remember what other, you know, tough, big, bad, hot engines I was hooked up to. <laughs> I, and I know that I fooled around all the time. And, and I don't know if you, the audience out there knows what chaining amps is, but oftentimes I would have two amps. And so you would take, uh, there would two be, be two inputs for the guitar to plug into. So you'd plug into, I would plug into the first one. The second one would go out to the input of another amp. And that way they were chained together. So it's really possible that I had that as my sound um, the whole way through where there were two amps playing at the same time or, mm -hmm. or giving me my sound at the same time they were chained. I would control the effect of those two huge amps just simply by volume, you know? And that's my secret really was knowing where exactly it was that my guitar was just about to feed back. It, it got in that little, you know, that range. And you can hear that at the end of um, Young and Dumb because I let it go. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the time I'd have the uh, volume back just a little bit so it'd be nasty, dirty, gritty, you know, and the, the rest of the band would be slamming behind me. So, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a total confluence of sounds, actually, although each one was its own kind of dirty thing going on, but we did it together. And we had our sound. That was our sound. Well, and even the intro of this live footage and, of Badge, you have a bit of that feedback it opens up with, which yes. is just on the verge. And uh, right. that's what makes it yeah. so exciting. And that's the key. You got to find that sweet spot, people. You know, <laughs> even now, you got to find that sweet spot. I don't think there's actually a pedal that can give you that. Oh, you can hook up to a pedal and then have that next to an amp. And, you know, but Jimmy would turn towards his amp and then he'd move closer. And that's a, a very common thing that you do. And it just starts, you can feel it just, ah, oh, it's, it's raring to go. You know, I suppose that's what it's like to ride a big motorcycle or something. You can <laughs> feel the engine, it's just raring and then it goes. And that's very cool. You're not going to run anyone over. And that's a, a super good part. No, but you <laughs> might blow them away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the sound that um, the guitar got through the uh, Leslie or the Wawa mm -hmm. is uh, so different from when you have an organ because the, the, the B3, you always hear it through the Leslie speaker, you know, in, in conversation oh, with yeah. a cop, Nikki's, there's a little bit of a Nikki organ solo after June's lead, which is so delicious. Mm. Um, it's almost like they were both going through the Leslie. Mm. Well, and I'm really glad, Alice, that you brought up conversation with the cop because we're actually hoping to now steer away from Paris. And okay. where did you guys record conversation with the cop? I was in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, it was, the, it first was the first. Yeah, it was the first album. And it was one of the first songs that we did after Nikki joined the band. Um, I mm. couldn't tell you which studio it was. I'd have to look back at my journal. Mm -hmm. Yeah to see if I wrote down which studio, because we, we recorded that first album in so many different studios. Nikki joined the band, then we went back in and recut half of the album. But yeah. uh, this was uh, just an amazing, amazing song, and we wanted it on the first album. Good morning I suppose you're here to issue me I'm doing out alone You're 
he's got to pee, you know? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's a true story, right, Alice? Yeah. It's um, Nikki uh, lived, she had two little Shelties, and hmm. she was out late at night walking her dog. I mean, who could go out, walk their dogs at two or three o'clock in the morning, get stopped by the police, and come home with a song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's I just great. don't know. The, the, I didn't know I needed a license to be lonely. Yeah. I mean, the, the lyrics are, it's, it's just a great song. And when you think about this being one of the first that we did with Nikki. Wow. And June's lead on this is one of the first leads, um, one of the early leads where she wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't a cover so that she didn't have that mm. template or to follow, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it's so simple. And it is so perfect for the song. It's melodic. Um, most of June's leads, when she made them up, they were never that high, you know, Arabian <laughs> Night style, which I can't stand. Um, she, her, her leads just fit the song perfectly. Can I be more succinct? Again, <laughs> yes. Alice, let it out. Tell us how you're feeling. Yeah, that's how I really feel. I, I think you just insulted Eddie Van Halen, but anyway. It's okay. She gets yes. to. That's right. That's yeah. right. He can take it. He can take that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Byron, have you yeah. had any conversation with Nikki, Nikki about conversation with a cop? Or no, not, not in particular comments? about this, but um, what I like uh, about it, it's one of those story songs um, that come along yep. that you know that there's a story behind it. it uh, there's Give Me Three Steps by uh, Leonard Skinner. You know that that happened, you know, and, and, and that really draws you in. And I do distinctly, uh, being a non-lyric person, remembering the lyrics of this song and getting into it because it was a story. And I'm, of course, I love stories. Mm -hmm. And and it's just, yeah. And it also, uh, you know, now, you know, it, it's, you know, it kind of fits in because, you know, we're, we're you know, the cops are yeah. halfling, you're just in the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, but this was the rebellious time in the early 70s too. The man, you mentioned Chris, the man holding you down, the cops or, you mm -hmm. know, you know, whatever. And it's just, you know, he's just like, what the hell are you doing now at two o'clock in the morning? You know? <laughs> Well, and adding, yeah, home. yeah and right. adding to it in what, 1971, that she's a female and not accompanied 70. by oh, 70, 19, not accompanied yeah. by a man, you know, or whatever uh, oh, yeah. was deemed oh, yeah. appropriate. And that's, yeah. you know, again, I didn't know I needed a license to be lonely, just not oh, only speaks yeah. to that aspect of it, but just that she can't be herself without being watched. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I love it. And also just for, for fun. If you go to the website fannyrocks.com and you go to the media gallery, you can see one of her shel one of Nikki Shelties in the picture where all of you yeah. are under the no parking sign. Oh, yes. that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could remember their names. I was going to say but, names. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't remember. That's well, that's too long ago. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's what? funny, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Byron. Yes. <laughs> well, Alice, that you brought up this, this you loved uh, June's lead on this. Both June and Jean are equally love this song and spoke so highly of it. And I wanted to have you listen to it. I think Conversation with a Cop was one of the best songs that Nikki wrote. I thought the, the lyrics were so clever and so simple and so mm -hmm. full of emotion without, you know, I'm just walking my dog you know, all of a sudden I'm being accosted by the police or shining the light in my face and all that. Anyway, I thought it was a great song. And apparently 
when we cut the tune, something was wrong with the bass part. I know it was a sound or something happened, but I, I remember that after that, I went into the studio with just me and, and Richard. Nobody else was in the studio, and I overdubbed the bass part on that song in one take. I was so proud of that because it sounded so great. There was a really uh, continuity is what I think mm -hmm. of when I think of that bass part. And I credit Paul McCartney with teaching me, not he didn't teach me himself, but the way he played. He gave me the sensitivity to, to do mm -hmm. certain parts on that song. So anyway, I was pretty, I was really pleased with the sound of that, that um, with that bass part. Also at the time, the Flying Burrito Brothers were on the scene. And I, I, I don't know if the rest of us were big fans, but we would go see them. Maybe we even did a gig with them at the Whiskey. So the Flying Burrito Brothers, um, if you're not familiar, uh, had a kind of a pop cowboy sound, I would describe it. So that style of guitar playing, I was trying to learn. See, because before we went to LA, I didn't play that kind of stuff. I mean, those kind of licks, those are, those are really specific to what I'm going to call pop cowboy. I was using my ES-355, which has, oh gosh, the intonation to stay in tune up the neck was really, really rough. And, and I remember that Richard had to stop the, the tape or go back so I could just retune and punch in a couple of notes. And I was talking to Gene about that a couple of nights ago. And I said, I can still hear the places where the guitar isn't quite in tune up the neck. And she said, oh, I never noticed that. So I well, felt good you know, about that. Yeah, I'm really tuned into um, notes, wrong notes, and that I never even noticed that on that song at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I only have hearing in one ear, I'm very sensitive to frequencies and, and to tuning. So, um, but I love my licks. I mean, I relearned the whole thing because I did it in, I did it solo on one of my live streams a few, maybe, maybe three weeks ago. And, uh, you know, it made me appreciate even more the construction of the song and what everyone had done and how we have, how we slid in and out of each section, because that stuff's really important, you know? You don't just kind of crash bang your way through the first verse into the first chorus or pre-chorus or whatever. There are certain things that the drummer does and, and so on. And we all executed them, executed them really well. And I love my licks. I love my solo. So um, I feel really good about that song. And that's one of the first songs that we learned with Nikki. Yes, only do I have to have a license to lonely It's a warm night and I couldn't get to sleep Did you worry that I might disturb the peace Hey, well I'm alone and all too helpless and I thought I had the right to take a walk and any time I pleased I never 
The lyrics That's... really, all of you, all of you together. It's really special. Yeah, I, 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 it's really neat to hear that song again. But um, this cop, <laughs> me, this cop really wants to know who won the uh, Get Behind Fanny drum mix contest. <gasps> yes. Do we have a winner? Yay! I think, well, we had many people um, write in. And mm-hmm. the idea was that you had to get the list straight. So, Byron, yeah. do you have the correct list? Sure do. Uh, the first song was I Just Realized. Then it was Summer Song. And then, of course, Badge. And then uh, Soul Child. And uh, pulled a little deeper cut here, Shade Me. And then uh, the ending uh, came from special care. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the part that we could have left off completely. But okay, okay. Do you want to tell us why? Because I, I want I love your answer to this. Well, it just sounds. I hated those kind of long endings where you, the drummer has to do this, and then you do crash and crash and crash, and and then boom, you end. And I'm like, bum bum da da dum bum. I hated it. it. Was like it's it was sounded. So unprofessional to me, to moi. <laughs> All right. So do we have a winner? And drum roll, please. Alive, and the, the winner is Ronnie. Ronnie. Great. Wow. Cool. Yay, Ronnie. Yay. So, Ronnie, I, you reached out to me on Twitter, on our Twitter account. So, <laughs> yay, Ronnie. Yay. Congratulations. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. That's way cool. Uh, so, Ronnie, reach out to me again on Twitter, obviously private message, and send me your mailing information so that we can send you a signed live CD of Fanny. Well, now I have to sign it. You have to sign oh, it. Yeah. Ah. Uh, of course, you have to sign it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will do that. Thank sure. you. And wanted to give a little teaser for next week's episode, episode seven. Um, Again, live footage, but this time from the Beat Club that you brought up, Alice. But we're going to be looking at Ain't That Peculiar, which is one of your favorite songs by your fans. And before we say goodbye for this episode, let's hear a sample. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) It's one of my favorites. Yeah. And a lot of people have, I mean, the the people who have commented on that song on YouTube, I mean, it's in the hundreds. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've I've tried to answer and reply to some people, but I have to go back every once in a while and update it. But anyway. And many people, many of your fans on Twitter also comment about your live performance of this, of this song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a very fun conversation. I can't wait. Yeah. And uh, with that, I'll give out our social media accounts here. You can follow us on Twitter at rocks underscore Fanny on Instagram, Fanny underscore, oh, excuse me, Fanny rocks underscore 1970 on Facebook, Fanny rock band on YouTube, just Fanny rocks. And of course you can drop by the official Fanny website at Fanny rocks.com. And our hashtags for asking questions is ask Alice, June jams, Jean genie and Nikki notes. Uh, cool. Although one of your fans, Alice, Colleen K, said that we should do a new hashtag, hashtag awesome Alice. 
(laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And I am still managing the Fanny Rocks Twitter account. So say hello to me there. I am occasionally on Facebook. I'm not that good at it. (laughs) Learning. But I now I'm excited. I have an email account at the fannyrocks.com website. It's drk at fannyrocks.com. So dr period and the letter k at fannyrocks.com. So you can contact me there with any fanny questions or comments too. All right then. Byron, let's hit it. Just to irritate you. <laughs> Who put that version in? All right. I hate that. I know. <laughs> Shitty. Shitty. <laughs> Let it out. Let it out. <laughs>